Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoked Podcast. I'm your host, Holt Norris, joined by my good friend Jordan Brooks. We call him JB. What's going on, JB? Feeling pretty fantastic, Holt. Um, maybe not as happy as the fans in Tallahassee, but the fans in uh, Tuscaloosa are very happy right now. I'm sure everyone knows the pick by the committee that has rocked all of college football. Yeah, sad day for the Knowles. It's a sad it's a sad time to be a Florida State fan, but the good news is they can always especially if they somehow manage to beat Georgia in the bowl game, they can always claim this season is like that was the year. You know, that was the year that you know, we got screwed, we were the real champs, blah blah blah. They can do their whole UCF thing. They can. I mean, if, if that's all they got to do is just win their Georgia game, they can just claim it just like UCF and a lot of people won't blame them either. No, definitely not. Uh, I mean, it's definitely been the source of a lot of controversy this week. Um, you know, of course, I'm sure everyone's heard by now. We are a little late with our podcast. Uh, just couldn't get together on Sunday, and we apologize for that. But we're back with you now. Um, and, uh, yeah, in case you're living under a rock, Alabama upsets Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, we both called it, too. Yeah, and we both picked it. That's that crazy. Um, and we also both picked Michigan when the national title for the season started. So, so we're all right on track. We're still alive. Um but uh, that said, you know, I mean, just, I mean, we can talk about the game for a second if you want to. We won't spend too much time on it. Um, but uh, just to run through the uh, podcast for today and what all we're going to be talking about, I'm just going to run through the, you know, maybe do a brief recap of the SEC championship game, uh, the playoff picture. I'm sure you guys already know that. We'll also run through all the bowl games and just give, you know, a couple of thoughts. Um, just, you know, initially, won't give our picks for the SEC games quite yet. Uh, but we will give our picks for the first round of bowl games um, starting on December 16th. We'll go ahead and give those out today, um, you know, just to be the be the first ones out there. Um, you know, you may not know anything about some of these teams that are playing. So we'll, we'll give you a little bit of information um, in terms of what we're thinking on those picks. Uh, there's been some portal news in the SEC and especially with quarterbacks. Um, so we'll get you updated on those. And, um, of course, some uh, coordinator hires have also been made. Um, so we'll go ahead and uh, – jump into it jb um so that sec championship game i mean does nick saban just own kirby smart now or what's the deal yeah i mean that's what everyone thinks but i mean i don't really see it as kirby smart being owned by nick saban i mean it's just the way i look at it it's just alabama teams just in these type of games they just don't make mistakes they're just so disciplined on the big stage and it's not saying georgia's not either i mean they're the two-time defending champs but We've seen this time and again with Nick Saban teams. When they're on the biggest stage and the most pressure cooker type games, their teams just play very well and sound. The main thing I looked at, no turnovers at all in this game. Jalen Mulroe did a great job taking care of the football. That was really a difference. And then um, you look at Georgia, they had that one fumble that you know, they lost. So, like, you just got to look at it this way. I mean, Alabama played very disciplined in this game. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, you know, and I put this on Twitter and uh, it's or X, and um, it really is very true to me. I don't know how many people agree with me, but as great as that game was, seeing all the Georgia and Alabama fans complain about Gary Danielson being biased against them and also the referees being biased against them, like, but it's happening at the same time, it's pretty hilarious. It is, but I mean, you got to think of it this way: those are the two darlings of the SEC, like. Greg Sankey loves both of you. You're always going to be protected as long as you're good. And right now, Georgia and Alabama are considered the kings of the SEC in Greg Sankey's eyes. They're the ones that bring in the money. Yeah, but I, it does, just watching from you know my perspective, it does kind of feel like Gary Danielson's rooting for Alabama sometimes. But if you ask Alabama fans, they'll tell you the exact opposite. Oh, no. Like, I know a lot of Alabama fans that are swear to death that Gary Danielson hates them, but... 
I mean, I think every RCC fan base has that. But on a side note, like even though we're you know a lot of fans don't like Gary Danielson, I am gonna miss the SEC on CBS. That's uh that's a piece of my childhood that's gone. I mean, they've yeah. been a part of the SEC since 1996. Um, that last montage, I'm not gonna lie, I got a little misty eye during that last montage, and I feel like there's a lot of um pe- folks with CBS that are maybe having some regrets about losing the SEC, especially now that they're going to be third fiddle in the Big Ten starting next year. Yeah, I did uh, get a little emotional. I, th- I think uh, it's it's worse for people our age, like, you know, the ones who were born in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. You know, like, that's all we know is, like, SEC on CBS. Like, that's yeah. – and the, the production quality has always been, like, so high. You know, So I mean, much better than the other networks. Right. And, I mean, you know, of course – I mean – um, Brad Nessler is an outstanding announcer. You know, I'll, I'll always remember, you know, Vern Lundquist. Um, it was Vern and uh, Vern and Todd Blackledge for several years before yeah. Gary came on board. And then originally, Sean McDonough Correct. was the first Correct. first announcer for CBS. Three, three great play-by-play guys, by the way. Really Those are was. three of the best. Yeah, I mean, the SEC on CBS has always been spectacular coverage. I mean, a lot of people don't like listening to Gary, but... Just ignore Gary. Just listen. Just listen to Vern and Brad. Yeah, but you could tell Brad. You could tell Brad Nessler was, you know, getting a little emotional, and he definitely is not happy about having to call the third best Big Ten game every yeah, Saturday. Ne- He's ne- definitely going to miss yeah. it <laughs> next year. It's going to be like you know Iowa versus Rutgers type games. It's not going to be pretty games. Yeah, but uh, it's sad. But um, unfortunately, this is just where college football is now. And speaking of college football and where it is now, and how a lot of these networks are kind of making a lot of the decisions now, I think that really went into uh, the playoff decision. Um, you know, Florida State obviously gets left out undefeated. Um, you know, in favor of one loss Texas and one loss Alabama. Um, you know, I, w- I was actually with you uh, when this happened. But you know, well, what was kind of like your, I guess, impression, like feelings on it? I'm sorry, my 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 uh, headset just cut out on me right there. What were you saying? Oh uh, well, maybe the listeners didn't hear me either, so I'll just say it again. But um, so Florida State gets left out of the playoff. You know, what were your initial thoughts when that happened? Yeah, that's the thing that I'm always been thinking about is uh, Florida State. You've done everything that you're supposed to do. You're, you know, that's they have like the perfect resume by by committee standards because they finished undefeated. They won their conference championship. And they're in a power five conference. They did everything you're supposed to do by the book, but they're left out because, you know, arguably one of their most key players, Jordan Travis, gets injured. And it just makes me think about all these primetime players we've seen in the last decade since the playoff, you know, has been in, since, you know, the inception in 2014. You know, do you leave Florida State out in 2014 if Jameis Winston gets hurt? I mean, there's just so many, there's so many arguments I see, and I get both sides. Yes, Alabama right now is a better team than Florida State. They would probably they would definitely beat them on the field. But you know, this is Booger McFarland made a great point. Like and Mike Morvell too. Why play the games if you're just going to pick the prettiest girl at the end, or just already you know pick who you think is going to have better TV ratings or who you think is going to have the better matchups? Um, this is just really a big debate on most deserving versus the prettiest team at the end. That's really what we're boiling down to. Yeah, it's uh. It's tough to see. You, f- you really feel for Florida State and their, especially their players, but also their coaches and their fans. Um, you know, they've been waiting on a year like this. They've been through some hard times since uh, that national championship back in 2013. Um, you know, and they're a program that expects to uh, compete at the highest level. Um, they're considered, you know, by some to be a blue blood. I think they're definitely 
I don't know if, the, if they are a blue blood or they're right on the edge. It's pretty, it's pretty close. I think they, they might be, but, um, you know, they're a program that expects to win, to win national titles and compete at the highest level. And just like you said, not only did they win all their games and win their conference, they also played, you know, a big time out of conference matchup against LSU, which they won handily. Um, you know, and, uh, the quarterback situation, you know, Jordan Travis getting hurt. It's heartbreaking and it sucks. Um, you know, but at the, at the end of the day, I mean, personally, just as a fan, I'm kind of glad they got left out only because I knew they were going to lose to whoever they played. It would have been a dud game if they were playing, you know, Washington or, or, or yeah. actually if they were playing Washington, they may have had a chance, but if they were playing Michigan, it just would have been a ugly game. I don't, they would have not been able to score on that defense. It probably would have been similar to that Iowa, you know, it would, championship and it game, feels honestly. like it just, it would have been a buy, you know, a buy for Michigan. Yeah. yeah. If they played Washington, they would have had a, a fighter's chance in that game, in my opinion. Yeah. But, um, you know, just as a fan, and I do think TV ratings did play a part in this, you know, the whole thing last year with, you know, TCU getting in over Alabama, you know, I think a lot of people agreed with that. And, you know, you can say whatever you want about deserving versus whatever, but, um, you know, I think that national championship game last year, like opened a lot of people's eyes and no one wants to see that. It was a bad product last year's national championship. I mean, TCU was able to pull a big one upset over Michigan, but they were completely outmatched, outclassed in that national championship. It was ugly. Yeah. And it's just, you know, people don't want to see that. And you hype the playoff all year and look like as a college football fan, I've not always been the biggest fan of the playoff because it's just really taking a lot of the meaning out of, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of these teams, like the, the whole season seems like a centered around the playoff. That's all anyone wants to talk about. And it's just, you know, I think it's kind of diminished a lot of what makes college football great. It's definitely diminished bowl games. I mean, a lot of people, you know, and I know you're one of these, like you don't necessarily love the bowl games or think that it's really all that exciting. Um, but I've always really liked it. And I just feel like, you know, nowadays it's just playoff or bust. And when you make the whole season about the playoff and then it comes down to a Georgia TCU game where Georgia wins like, what was it, like 65 to 7 or something? Yeah, that, like, that was ugly. And, and another thing about the bowl games too, it just seems like there's, it used to be like, you know, seen like for years up until maybe about the last 10 years, it was a reward for those t for those players and the schools for like for a, a good well see you know a good season well done. Now like you you see players are just disinterested like in the SEC to go to the Relia Quest Bowl like yeah. to go to Tampa on New Year's Day like that's a warm weather bowl you're going to be in 80 degree weather instead of being stuck in you know Athens or Knoxville or Tuscaloosa when it's like you know 48 degrees and dreary outside. I mean what's not to like about it? But now like if they don't make it to the playoff to, you know or you know anything or a new year six even yeah. just like they don't even look at it as valuable anymore like you've seen some of these packages these players get like you know if you go to rely quest bowl i know like of course it used to be the outback bowl you know you'd always get a free dinner at outback it was all you can eat um they'd always have like a bowling tournament between the two teams um they would do they would get like a pa gift packet with like i would include like gift cards and then like a new xbox you know that sort of stuff but yeah players don't even seem to appreciate it anymore no and it, i mean it's sad i mean it is kind of the you know i think bowl games are slowly kind of going away and it's it's sad to see like i understand uh you know times change and you know sometimes i feel like an old man but um you know i, I do kind of miss it, the excitement around bowl games and stuff like that and it's yeah. just kind of you know i think just with the playoff like it just doesn't really seem like people you know everyone calls them meaningless bowl games but you know 
they're only meaningless if, you know, that's how the players feel. It really is. And, you know, next year, you know, we're going to the 12-team playoff. It's really just going to diminish the value for bowls, you know, going forward because you're opening the pool for teams from multiple conferences. Like, I'm sure the expectation from the SEC is to get four teams in in the playoff every year going forward, which means this year uh, Ole Miss and Missouri would have been the other two teams from the SEC that would have gotten in. So that that's what that's the expe- expectation going kinda, forward. Kind of kind of bittersweet if you're a fan a fan of one of those two schools. By the way, it's it, kind of like man, if we could have just been this good next year. Oh, I know. Like, Ole I mean, Miss I'm sure they both probably think they're going to be good again next year. So yeah, I mean, I, mean sure. I think next year we already know Georgia and Alabama are for sure probably going to be two representatives. But we're going to be talking in the preseason next year. The argument's going to be: Is it going to be LSU? Is it going to be Ole Miss? Is it going to be Tennessee? Um, you know, it's going to yep. be a lot of those type arguments. Who's going to be those two other schools that emerge? So speaking of bowl games, um, now that we've pointed out how meaningless they are now, (laughs) (laughs) we'll go ahead and uh, run through all the uh, SEC bowl matchups real quick um, and maybe just give like a thought or two about each of them. Um, So we're just going to go in chronological order of of when they are, Um, of course, starting um, December 27th with the Tex Act Texas Bowl, um, where Texas A&M will take on Oklahoma State. any initial impressions on this game? Yeah, that's <laughs> it's just I mean it's just like we're going back, you know, talking about, you know, some of these bowls just not being all that good. But you know, you saw about Oklahoma State, uh you saw Gunner Gundy um is transferring. He entered the portal? He did. Wow. No, I did not see that. His own son, the own son, you know, you know, entered the portal, which is just funny to me. I just some of these things that are happening are just, uh, I mean, I know I'm getting a little bit off topic here talking about the portal, but. Well, I did ask just for your initial thoughts. I didn't ask for anything specifically. Yeah, so. I know. But, I mean, and in Oklahoma State, I mean, think about it. I mean, these are two former Big 12 rivals. And, um, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't think A&M's played Oklahoma State at all since uh, so. in the last 12 years. So, it's a little renewal. I mean, I know that A&M and Oklahoma State did not like each other. They're both kind of looked at as the little brothers of Oklahoma and Texas, and they always wanted to one-up each other. But I like A&M in this matchup. Um, I think they match up very well. Um, you know, the Jimbo Fisher saga is behind them. You're moving forward with Mike Elko. There's some, some positivity. Um, I, I think it's a good matchup for, for A&M going forward. Yeah, I'm excited for this one as well. Um, I'm always excited for any SEC Bowl matchup. I just feel like it's, it's always cool to see some of these matchups. They come out and yeah, just just like I said, two former Big Twelve teams. Um, and uh, Friday, December 29th, we got two games. Uh, we got Clemson and Kentucky in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, and then we got uh, a pretty exciting one with Missouri and Ohio State in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. And uh, Coach Drink is already talking his shit. I know. Don't you love it how Coach Drink was just wanting to talk so much about that? And the crazy thing is, Missouri is a favorite. <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen. That. I did not. I did not expect that. No. Yes, that they are. They are a one and a half point favorite over Ohio State. I mean, maybe it's because you know, Kyle McCord not opting out, but you know, entering the transfer portal. I don't think he entered on his own accord. Uh, no pun intended. I think he was his own McCord. I think he was uh, pushed out because I think Ohio State's looking to upgrade. But yeah, yeah. I mean, in Missouri, I don't think they're having any opt outs. So this is a huge game for Missouri's program. Is, yeah. and, uh, Missouri's going to be. Highly motivated in this one. This is more like for Ohio. This is a trap game for Ohio State because yeah, they're not motivated in this one. Missouri. This is a chance for them to beat a blue blood and on the big stage. Really like this uh, matchup for Missouri. 
Yeah, it's going to be – you talk about who's more excited to play. Missouri is going to be the more excited team for sure. By far. And, you know, obviously Ohio State had a great season, but then they lost the game to Michigan. And, you know, it's just kind of like if you don't win that game, your season's kind of – It's like a failure bowl for Ohio State, but it's a successful bowl for Missouri. Complete opposites. <laughs> And a fun matchup for Kentucky, too, getting a host Clemson – or not host Clemson. They get to play Clemson. <laughs> they get to be the blue jerseys yeah, in this game. They get, that's, to that's wear the, they get to wear the home jerseys against That's them. all it is. But uh, it's it's an exciting matchup for Kentucky. Um, you know, Clemson has obviously had a little bit of a disappointing season this year, but um, still a, you know, power in college football. So I'm sure Kentucky fans are excited for that one. They are. And, uh, you know, Devin Leary, as far as I know, he's not opting out. Um, Clemson's definitely the more talented team, but you know Kentucky just plays that grinded out style where this is, could be one of those really gritty type games. I think I saw the yeah. over under was like forty six. Sounds about right. This could be one of those type you know games. This would be like 20 to seventeen type final scores. Yeah, you know both coaches want to get physical and play defense, so it'll be a it'll be a fun low scoring game. Um, and then on Saturday, December thirtieth, we get the uh, Chick fil A Peach Bowl. Um, it's probably the most um, one of the more exciting matchups for SEC season, Ole Miss and uh, Penn State, number 10 and number 11. Um, so that's going to be an exciting matchup. I know uh, my my stepdad uh, went to Penn State and uh, my cousin is a uh, Ole Miss fan. And uh, they're really they're really close. Are they um, going to the game? So they're going to – I think they I think they decided they are going to go. That'll be fun for them. So, that's going to be so much fun. A little bit of a family divided between the two. Yeah, so I know I know it sounds, um, I guess, weird that my stepdad and my cousin would be such good friends, but my well, it's actually my mom's first cousin, um, but he's he's always been really close with uh, my mom, and so like my stepdad and him have gotten like really close over the you know the past you know fifteen twenty years, and uh, you know they play golf together and they have a lot of similar interests, including their college football teams, which are matching up in this one. So yeah, and I don't and. As far as I know, in my lifetime, Ole Miss and Penn State have never played. So this is, you know, for both of them, this could be like a once-in-a-lifetime type matchup, too. So, yeah, I like that they're both attending together. They're not going to squander it. And this is an intriguing matchup. I love this matchup. I mean, just seeing two really good offenses – well, not good offenses. Uh, one good offense. One really good offense against a really stingy defense at Penn State. And then on the other side, it's going to be push comes to shove. Does, does Penn State generate enough offense or does uh, Ole Miss play good enough defense? Like that's really like on both sides, like it's a, it's an even matchup, you know, believe it or not, if you look at it and I'm excited about this one, um, obviously can't pick it today, but you know, I, this is one of those where I don't know, it could go either way. I could see this being like a 13, 10 game. I could also see this being a 30 to 27. Like it could be either yeah. one. This is one of those like unpredictable games. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be another one where it's just, you just don't know which team's going to be more excited to play. I mean, I would lean towards Ole Miss, but, um, you know, you just never know. Um, and then another thing to uh, to keep in mind, uh, God, my mind went blank. I hate it when that happens. This is the second time it's happened on the podcast. I was about to say something. My mind goes blank went, all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, especially I got that, over time of recording, it's the end of the day. Yeah. I got my, got a, my brain's all fried. Sorry about that. Um, but there was one other thing about the Ole Miss Penn State game that we might talk about in, at another time. But uh, <laughs> Auburn and uh, Maryland are going to play in the Music City Bowl. Um, Trans Perfect is sponsoring that. I'm not sure what that is. But um, Maryland and Auburn, I mean, this. oh, all right. Ole Miss-Penn State, the matchup of the two teams who 
Uh, played two good teams all year and got killed in both of them, but then they won the rest of their games. That's what I was going to say. Okay, yeah. So basically the team that could win the big one. <laughs> the, the two teams who couldn't win against the, the, two, the two good teams they played. All right. Uh, Auburn and Maryland. Um, you know, there's really a lot to say about this one. Both teams kind of had a disappointing season. Um, you know, I think if you're Auburn, you just really want some positive momentum. But, and right now, I mean, looking at the recruiting in the portal, Auburn does have some positive momentum. And, I mean, I think yep. Auburn's going to be next year one of the most improved teams in the SEC. They're they're going to be fun to watch next year. This bowl game, maybe not so much. Maryland, uh, they have a really fun offense um, with Tagovailoa. I mean, it's a – The Big Ten's all-time leading passer. I know. Can you believe that? He's Yeah, I mean, and he didn't even start his career there. He didn't. So, that, I mean, that's it's an awesome you know matchup for Maryland to play Auburn. I'm sure that, you know, Talia is going to be pretty motivated in this one. I don't think he's opting out from what I saw. So <laughs> he's going to be playing. And I'm, I'm excited about watching this one, though, honestly. I mean, it's not as exciting for a lot of fans, but I'm excited to watch this one, honestly. And um, this hoping for this one to, you know, not have horrible weather either because Nashville, end of, end of December, very hit or miss. It could be 65 or it could be 28. You just don't know. Right. And then uh... – the most I was gonna say, Ole Miss Penn State was the most exciting game that day, but then I realized that Georgia and Florida State were playing, so that will definitely be the most exciting game. Um, Georgia number six, Florida State number five, just left out of the playoff um, in the Orange Bowl. JB, um, I tell you what, um, I don't know what you know if Florida State can win this game with the backup quarterback against Georgia. But I would not want to be Carson Beck in this game because that Florida State defense is good and they're going to be pissed off in this game. See, that's what I'm wondering. Like, this is a game where both teams just don't want to be there. Like, they both are disappointed to be there, like, for different reasons. Georgia's disappointed because they just blew it in the SEC championship game. Florida State's disappointed to be there because they know that in their minds, and I definitely see their point, they should be in the playoffs. So, I'm just saying, I'm wondering, it's going to be a battle which which coach can motivate his team more to show up for this game. I know Georgia's a 14-point favorite, but I believe in Mike Norvell and, you know, having his team come out and make a statement in this game to show that they feel like they belonged. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to pick the game right now, but if you if you had to have me bet some money right now, I would bet on Florida State to cover that 14-point spread. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning as well. I just I think Florida State's going to come into this game, and I know they've had a couple of players already opt out. I think they had a defensive lineman enter the portal. They had a receiver enter the draft. Um, they aren't going to play in this game, but that Florida State defense is legit, especially that defensive line. And, you know, just like I said, I, I just really expect them to come into this game with something to prove. I don't know if they'll be able to score on Georgia, but I expect them to, uh, to come out and play a physical game on defense. Yeah, me too. Um, and then, of course, uh, January 1, you got some fun matchups as always. Um, the the New Year's games. The previously mentioned Rely Quest Bowl, where uh, Wisconsin and LSU will play. They've actually uh, you know played a few times recently in the regular season. Um, and then, of course, we got Tennessee, Iowa, um, offense first defense. And then, of course, we got uh, the playoff game, Michigan, Alabama. Um, so Two heavyweights. Yeah, so that'll be a, a really fun day. Um, that's probably one of my favorite days of the year to be a college football fan is new year's day it really is i mean this year new year's day it does not disappoint it's, it's a very exciting uh new year's slate uh which one do you want to start with well i think we should save the best for last so we'll do wisconsin lsu last no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> no i think uh wisconsin lsu um you know they i'm not really sure how i feel about this game i mean wisconsin has really been disappointing this season they their play. offense just isn't that impressive and 
you know, they're going to be going up against some really fast LSU defense. So even though LSU's defense has not been up to LSU standards, you got to think that um, LSU is going to be able to hold Wisconsin under 20. And I think LSU can just, you know, do what, do what they want on offense. I mean, I, that 10.5 point swing, you know, you know, swing right now, I probably would pick LSU right now to yeah. cover that. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, just with those receivers and the speed they have, like, you know, Wisconsin was really disappointing this season. I mean, they, they had a couple decent games, but, you know, and just like I said, they played with the backup quarterback a lot this year. They were really, really um, mediocre. First year under Phil Longo, um, which is just, you know, I was excited about when they hired him, but now I'm just starting to think it was kind of just like a weird fit with and him. And with Mordecai, you thought that they were going to be so much better. But, uh, you know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with them, but this is. Uh, I think it's a good matchup for LSU in terms of getting the win. Um, then, of course, Iowa and Tennessee. Um, just, I mean, always just like anytime Iowa is playing, like you just know it's going to be a, a low-scoring, ugly game. I'm just kind of curious what you know what this game even looks like. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at it. Uh, Iowa just struggles to score, and I think if you look at a Tennessee side, you just need to score about 15 points, and you're looking, you're going to be feeling pretty good and. Tennessee's offense, I mean, it's got enough explosiveness in it that I think they're going to make enough plays to where they're going to be in control probably most of the game. I mean, just looking at it, I think it's a good matchup for Tennessee. They got speed and athleticism. Iowa, they're big and strong, but Tennessee's also very physical up front too, which is, you know, strength on strength. But, you know, when you look on the skill positions, Tennessee's going to be far and away ahead of Iowa. And so that's – it's a good matchup for Tennessee side for Iowa to have a shot in this game. Yeah, you know, they're going to have to uh, you know generate a lot of turnovers. But as Brett Mc, Brett McMurphy has said, this is the tortoise in the hare type game. Yeah, and um, you know I just worry about like Joe Milton in a game like this. Like anytime you get like a defensive game, like you know you're going to have to protect the ball. Apparently, this is not guaranteed that Milton's going to play. There's been some chatter that he may opt out because he had such a great final game against Vanderbilt. He just wants to go kill it at the combine and. Could be the start of the uh, Nico Amaliva. 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 I can't. Gonna, I, I can't just, say his last name, yeah. but it's another one of those um, Hawaiian last names that you know people are not going to be able to say on the front end. But once he starts showing out, if he does, if he's as good as hyped, we'll remember his name kind of like Tua. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye out for uh, any possible announcements from Joe Milton. Um, I didn't even. I mean, aside from him being a big dude with a cannon arm, I don't see any other. Like, I guess that is the only thing the NFL cares about sometimes. The NFL, you know, they always are going to pick someone because they think that they see they see the yeah. raw talent. It's they like, think oh. every coach, you know, with an ego thinks that they can t- turn that around. Yeah. Just take the big dude with the big arm and we'll, fi- we'll, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. We'll coach him up. It doesn't matter that, you know, he's been, <laughs> been trying to get developed for the last, like, six years. And he played in a very quarterback, you know, friendly offense. And, you know, at time, he was still erratic in that offense. And then, uh, of course, the big matchup, Alabama and Michigan. Um, you know, they, they did play, I believe it was the, was it the 2019, was it the Citrus Bowl or the, or no, did they play in the Orange Bowl? I believe so. I believe it was 2019. Um, I, I just remember it was back when Alabama was loaded at receiver and they just hit a couple of big plays. That was the year when um, Alabama missed the playoff. Of course, they had two of it, but they also had their four receivers. They had Waddle. Rugs, Devontae, and Judy. Yeah. So incredible, loaded, incredible loaded crop of receivers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they don't have uh, that same, there's not the same type of team now. I mean, Milrose, obviously, a, you know, a really solid quarterback, but 
Um, going to do a lot more with his legs, and they don't have those great receivers like they did back then. So it's going to be an exciting matchup. And I think that Michigan is really, and especially Harbaugh, you know, they really want to prove that they can beat an SEC team. And I think that Georgia game a couple of years ago is something that has lingered with them for a while. You know, they had the, I believe it was the beat Georgia part of practice. You remember that in the preseason? I do. I so, do remember that. Not going to get their chance at Georgia, but I think Alabama is kind of in that same mold in terms of big SEC team that they, you know, that's kind of the the step they haven't made yet as and a program. To, and to me, this is, um could be, you know, I'm not going to like put anything out there, but um, this could be like both coaches last stands, you know, you know, for Saban. I mean, I'm not trying to put anything out in the atmosphere, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, Saban wins it all this year that he decides to hang it up. I think for, on the Michigan side of things, I think Harbaugh is leaving no matter what. He's got too much of a black cloud over him. He's, I think he's just tired of being bothered while coaching at Michigan. He's had a lot of scandalous stuff happen. I think he's going to bolt for the NFL after this year. I think he knows this team as loaded as it is. This is his best shot he's ever going to have. So that's one thing you got to keep in mind going into this game too. But I'm, I'm excited because this is a game of two heavyweights. Uh, both teams play very physical um, smash mouth type football. Michigan, I'd honestly could maybe even say might be even more physical than Alabama. I never thought I would say that, but the way they play, it's just, it's like, it's like the way Alabama played back in the 2010 to, you know, 2013 timeframe, you know, with AJ McCarron and the, um, you know, smash mouth type football they played back then. Yeah. And I mean, McCarthy really hasn't had to do a lot this season, but he is a really talented quarterback. So I think he's going to have to make a few plays in this game for Michigan, but I think, I think he's got the ability and, um, you know, I think he really, he's really looking forward to this opportunity to show what he can do, um, against a big time defense because really the running game has carried him this year. They haven't really needed him, but you know, Alabama is going to slow down the running game and he's going to have to make a few plays. So that's just something to keep in mind, but we got plenty of time to preview these games. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll have another podcast where we give out all our picks for the, you know, the remainder of the SEC bowls. Um, you know, and uh, just like I said, uh, we will go ahead and give our picks for the first round of bowl games coming up, um, you know, starting on the 16th through the, is that the 18th or 19th, that Tuesday? Correct. Um, but first, I wanted to uh, just do some, uh, you know, a little bit of coaching news, um, and then we had some portal news, so we'll just jump into that real quick just to um, keep everybody up to date. Uh, Mississippi State did hire a defensive coordinator today. It's Alabama's linebacker and special teams coach. Um and oh, why did I not write down his name? But it's uh, it's some dude I never heard of. So they did steal uh, the University of Memphis's defensive coordinator, didn't they? Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's technically been announced yet. Um, but it's going to be. Yeah. So let me just figure out this dude's name real quick. Um, as I appear very unprepared. All right, uh, Coleman Hutzler. Um, so he was previously a defensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator at Texas. Um, in the Tom Herman era and he was at Ole Miss as a special teams coach for a few years. And then he's been at Alabama for the last two years. So coached under some good, uh, defensive coaches during his time. Um, never been a play caller before though. So I'm not really sure how it's going to work out with a first time head coach and a first time defensive play caller, but he is known as a good recruiter. So, um, we'll see how that turns out. Um, Texas A&M also made their offensive coordinator higher. They did not bring over Jones from Duke, which I'm kind of surprised that they didn't. I thought, he did, I thought he did a good job there, but apparently Elko wanted to go a different direction. So he hired uh, Kansas State's offensive coordinator and their former quarterback, Colin Klein. I remember Colin Klein too. I actually saw him play in the Liberty Bowl several years ago. 
Shout out to the Liberty Bowl. And yeah, Colin Klein, I believe, was a was he a Heisman finalist one year? I don't know if he was a Heisman. I can't remember that, but I just remember seeing him play um, in the Liberty Bowl. Like, I think it was, I can't remember what year. I think it was maybe the 2019 Liberty Bowl, if I remember correctly. Let's look it up real quick. But uh, yeah, I mean, Kansas State, not the most explosive offense, but, you know, they are uh, they are a good offense. It's efficient. The good, very efficient offense. So, uh, you know, that's good to see. I'm sure this is good for his career. Um, I'm sure it's tough leaving your alma mater, but at the same time, I think he probably wants to prove himself somewhere else. And, you know, the SEC is a great place to do that. And a place like, uh, you know, Texas A&M, you know, you're going to have some of the best athletes um, available. The best money can buy. Literally. Quite literally. <laughs> <clears throat> um, he was the Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year in 2012. It does not. Okay, say so I'm, I'm I'm thinking way, way too far back. Okay, so I'm thinking of somebody else. Then it does seem like it was. Well, maybe that was under the Bill Snyder era when he was the quarterback. Oh well, maybe he. Yeah, um, I think he was the quarterback when when Bill Snyder came for his uh, second go around. Yes, he was a finalist for the Husband Trophy in 2012, so I was right. Mm. So that's good. Glad we got that result. Uh, I know everyone was was waiting with bated breath for me to figure that out. All right. Um, so those are the only two coaching hires that I'm aware of in the past few days in terms of coordinators. Um, you know, no, no other coaching changes were made, which is good to see. Um, but we still, you know, have the NFL cycle, which – occasionally will affect college football so we'll have to keep an eye on that of course we'll keep you updated if there are any changes um as far as player new go player news goes jb um arkansas defensive end landon jackson is going to come back for his senior year so he was projected as an early round draft pick that's so a big win for arkansas big, big nil for win here yep um they did have a few players enter the portal um so it's good for arkansas to get some uh, to get some good news um and speaking of the portal um we did we did already have our first uh commitment um in the sec uh brock vandergriff former five-star quarterback uh back up at georgia um he's transferring to kentucky and he's already he's already committed so another big transfer quarterback pickup for uh, kentucky this year hopefully this one works out better than the last one hopefully so i mean it worked out i would say for the most part will levis you know another backup you know high quality backup at penn state devin leary i mean devin leary was honestly like the highest touted you know transfer that kentucky's ever had and you know an absolute stud and just was at, turned into a dud, <laughs> honestly. Right. It was, I mean, look, he was, I probably shouldn't say this, so I'll lose some credibility, but, you know, he was my projected offensive player of the year in the SEC. So I think he was my breakout player. It man. did not, did not I mean, work out. But honestly, we're not the only ones that pick that. No, I think Kentucky, I was expecting Kentucky to have the season that Missouri did. Um, And I thought, and thought Missouri was going to have like a, you know, eight win type season. I did not expect him to win 10 games. I thought Missouri was going to be better than the six and six they'd had, but Missouri surprised everyone, including us. Yep. And I was surprised to see uh, Max Johnson enter the portal again. Um, and he is committed to North Carolina. Trying to follow in Drake May's footsteps. And then, I mean, there's some other big name players. I'm um, Rocket Sanders transferring away from uh, Arkansas, Juice Wells from South Carolina. Those are some uh, big name playmakers. Yep, and then uh, KJ Jefferson. Uh, there was a report that he entered the portal, and then he said he hadn't made up his mind yet. As we record this, he has not made a decision, but I believe it is the um, the thought in Fayetteville is that he will he will leave. So um, 
you know, it's just something to keep in mind. It was kind of a disappointing season this year under Danny Enos. Um, they had a lot of struggles on the offensive line. You know, they didn't have any elite playmakers at receiver. Um, you know, so it wasn't all his fault, but he was a little disappointing at times this year. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers entered the portal. Um, you know, it's kind of the same thing with him. He, you know, had a rough year this year, had some injuries with a new coordinator, just didn't really fit. Um, some people have already projected him to Washington, so that would be an interesting um, place if he ends up there. But we'll we'll keep an eye on that. No, hope they're okay with just fifteen yard passes or less. Yeah, going to get a lot of checkdowns. It's going to be that would be a lot different from from Penix. I mean, Penix has got a cannon, and they've got some great receivers. You know, with Rodgers, it's definitely going to be a lot more checkdowns and short passes. But you know, hey, if that's what. You know, I mean, he's he's an experienced quarterback and he's put up a lot of numbers, so you could definitely do a lot worse in terms of a quarterback. Um, so Mississippi State receiver Xavier Thomas entered the portal. Um, he's already tweeted out that he's got some offers, but I think he's probably going to end up at LSU. He's a Louisiana kid, so um, he'll probably end up there. Um, a couple Texas A&M defensive linemen entered the portal: Walter Nolan and LT Overton. Walter Those, Nolan may be the biggest name in, in all of the portal, like for all positions. I mean, yeah. You don't you don't see as many like most times like people think about the skill position players, but to me like if you get a game changer on the defensive line or offensive line, that is the best kind of player you can pick up in the portal. Yeah, Nolan is rated by twenty four seven as the highest rated transfer right oh, now. Oh, is he? Yep. So sounds about right. Yeah, and you know, like you said, I mean, you see a ton of quarterbacks and receivers and running backs in the portal. You don't see a ton of defensive linemen, especially impact ones like that. You don't, no. And it's, it, it's hard. I can I can honestly say, like in the portal, defensive linemen and offensive linemen are much harder to come by. Yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye on on uh, where he ends up. Um, if he's taking any visits or not, he's not taking any yet to my knowledge. Um, and then LT Overton, who I also mentioned from A&M is a really highly rated defensive lineman. He'll definitely have a lot of suitors as well. Um, uh, Jake Johnson, the tight end from A&M also entered the portal. Probably going to Carolina. I would assume so. Um, Juice Wells, like you mentioned, did, did you say he was taking a visit this weekend? He is visiting Tennessee this weekend. I mean, I think for Juice Wells, that's all. It's really going to – it's the two schools to watch for Juice Wells, according to 24-7, is going to be Tennessee and Texas. Yeah, and uh, Texas is a name that I've heard as well. They've obviously had a lot of success with uh, transfer receivers this year. So, um, And then we know Tennessee has had some success with receivers as well. So, uh, you know, that would be a tough one to swallow if he ends up at Tennessee for South Carolina fans. But Juice Wells uh, – Really exciting uh, receiver from South Carolina was preseason all conference, but battled some injuries this year. And then he had 1,200 yards receiving and like 15 plus touchdowns, you know, in the 2022 season. So injuries killed this year. And like he sat out the second half of the season. A lot of South Carolina fans were bummed over that and thinking that he could play. And maybe there's some reasoning behind that because maybe he just already knew that he was going to be leaving at the end of the season. Yeah. And then, uh, Vanderbilt had pretty much their entire team out of the portal look like, uh, but three quarterbacks. Yeah, <laughs> the notable names were quarterback AJ Swan, um, Ken Seals. Yeah, um, London Humphreys is probably the biggest one though. The receiver, Georgia, I think, is yeah. the school that's being linked to him the most. Yeah, Georgia is the favorite for him right now. He's a big time uh, receiver, and Will Shepard also had a good season for them. So yeah, he's he's going to end up in the SEC also. God, I think. I feel so sorry for Vanderbilt. Like they went two and ten, and then you lose your best skill position players and. It's going to be hard to replace those those guys, too. I mean, Clark Lee is uh, – I've hated for him because he's such a nice guy, but he's a dead man walking next year. 
Yeah, and then just to run through some of the national quarterbacks who are in the portal, um, Aiden Charles from Oregon State is a highly rated one. Um, probably going to end up at Michigan State. Um, Dante Moore, you know, was one of the top players in the country last year. Uh, played at UCLA this year, but didn't really look all that great. But still really talented. Um, so he's entered the portal. Um, you know, for Charles, it looks like, I don't know, did I say who's going to go to Michigan State? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, so Charles is linked to Michigan State, but I'm not sure. He hasn't committed yet or anything. Dante Moore, you know, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of suitors. He was committed to Oregon out of high school before he signed with uh, UCLA. He's from Michigan, so I would assume Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State will be in the game for him. Um, probably the biggest one, that are, the biggest impact one for next season, uh, Cameron Ward from Washington State. Um, you know, I think Ohio State is probably the favorite for him. But, you know, I think Florida State's in the game. You know, I think some other big schools are going to be out there as well. He's probably going to get the biggest bag at all of them, I would say. Yeah, I mean, for Cam Ward, I mean, Ohio State, Florida State, you really can't go wrong with either one of those two. I mean, I think Ohio State's probably going to be the leader here because um, I think, you know, for Ohio State, I think their big missing piece was having a game-changer quarterback. I mean, they had it for years, but Kyle McCord, he was just more of a game manager. But, man, it just feels like what a waste because all those amazing receivers they had this year and the pieces they had, and they just couldn't get it done. Yeah, and uh, Kansas State quarterback Will Howard entered the portal. Um, Another good player. Yeah, sounds like he sounds like USC is the favorite for him, but you know I, I don't think any decisions have been made. I mean, things can always change. You just never know, um, and I, that's why I hesitate to say you know for sure where these guys are going, even if it's heavily rumored, because you know there's some schools out there who are just going to come out of nowhere with a desperate offer. You know, with NIL the way it is now, um, so Will Howard probably USC, but you know we'll keep that you know. Just in the back of my minds for now. Um, Raleigh Leonard, the Duke quarterback. Um, he's already visited Notre Dame. Notre Dame is considered this team to beat, but he's also going to visit Auburn. And Auburn, right. Auburn really needs a quarterback. And so. then another quarterback, uh, Tyler Buckner, going back to Notre Dame, but not to play football. Let's play lacrosse. <laughs> my, my dad texted me about that the <laughs> other day. I was like, I was like, I thought he was joking. I'm like, so he, wait, he's just going to go play lacrosse now? Um, so uh, a really exciting one and a name that a lot of people probably don't know, but uh, Toledo quarterback Daquan Finn has entered the portal. That's a pretty exciting name. I'm not sure, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people know about him just because he plays in the MAC. but really, really exciting player to watch. Um, so I'm interested to see where he ends up. He's also from Detroit. So I expect uh, Michigan State to be in the game. I believe he's taking a visit to Washington, to, I'm sorry, to Wisconsin this week. So, um, you know, if, if they take their first visit, I'm going to assume that that's probably the school that they is the favorite. Not always right how now. I look at it. Anytime you see a guy enter the portal, the first school that they go to is the school that they truly want to go to. They're just hoping they offer them something that's competitive, what they want, then they're going to take it. So, Yeah. Um, and then speaking of that, Dylan Gabriel has entered the portal, uh, Oklahoma quarterback. Um, you know, was at UCF before, so he's an older guy, got a ton of experience, put up a lot of numbers. Um, he's visiting Oregon this weekend. Um, you know, be great for him. Yeah. And Oregon. Right. You know, Bo Nix moving on. Um, you know, there are some rumors about him visiting Mississippi State at some point, so we'll keep that in mind. Obviously, Jeff Levy, the new Mississippi State head coach, was his offensive coordinator. So it would be big for Mississippi State if they could get in the game for him. I mean, but Gabriel's played for Levy at two different schools. Might not make it three. Right. Um, and then, as we mentioned, Kyle McCord, um, a.k.a. Honda McCord, as some people may call him, um, the Ohio State quarterback has entered the portal. Um, I think 
Nebraska is the school I've heard with him, but that sounds know, very much like a Nebraska quarterback. Yeah. So uh, we'll, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on that. You know, we don't know for sure where these guys are visiting this weekend. We probably will know a lot more this time next week after we know where these guys actually went this weekend on their visits. Um, uh, will Rogers, we mentioned, uh, you know, from Mississippi state, probably uh, Washington's the favorite right now, but we'll, you know, again, no decision has been made. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke is kind of an interesting name. Um, you know, had a really good uh, freshman year at, at Miami, but has not looked great since then. So interested to see what happens with him. Um, let's see. Max Brosmer. I actually am not familiar with this guy. He's rated a four star. Um, he's already committed to Minnesota. Um, Minnesota. Oh, he's, he's from New Hampshire. So I did not know that New Hampshire had a good quarterback, but apparently he's transferring to Minnesota. Grayson McCall. If you'll remember, you know, Coastal had a, Carolina had a big season from, with Coastal. He's entered the portal. I think I saw he's, he's going to Power Five program from what I ever saw. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure where he's been linked to yet. Uh, DJU um, is also in the portal. So uh, Oregon State's got two quarterbacks in the portal. That's got to be tough for them. Got to be. I mean, Oregon State just lost everything from this team this year. I feel I feel horrible for them. They lost their coach. They lost their best players. Yeah. So I know Florida State has been linked to DJU um, and a few other schools. So um, so. We'll, you know, keep up with that. I mean, I'm just going to, I guess I'll say the same thing for all of them. Uh, but uh, Nate Johnson from Utah's in the portal. Jordan McLeod from JMU. AJ Swan, like we mentioned. Brennan, uh, Brennan Swarsby from Indiana has already committed to um, Cincinnati. Um, and then um, Tyler Shaw, however you say his name, um, from Texas Tech. Had a lot of issues with injuries, um, but uh, has got all the talent in the world. And he committed to Louisville, so that'll be an exciting one. So that's there's some few other names, but those are just like the main ones. I'm um, just wanted to, you know, hmm. give everybody a, an update on where things are at right now. Needless to say, schools are Christmas shopping this season, aren't they? And like, you just look at some of these schools, like, like Auburn. I mean, Auburn needs a quarterback and they got money. Like they're going to, they're going to get somebody. Yeah. They're going to pay a lot and they're going to get somebody. Um, so I think, uh, I think the main thing is people just want to see where Cam Ward ends up. Cause I think he's probably like the number one, like impact guy. And then I feel like once that domino falls, you're really going to start to see this, the field like clear up and everyone's going to kind of fall into place. So that's all we have for that. So JB, you want to go ahead and jump into our, our picks for the first bowl, uh, first round of bowl games. Yeah, let's, let's um, do it. I'm going to, um, give you the game and you give me the spread. Okay. So the first bowl game we got December 16th. Um, Georgia Southern and Ohio in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Georgia Southern is a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Ohio in this one. I'm gonna take Ohio to, to cover the, the three points. I like that pick too. Um, I'm gonna go with Georgia Southern to cover. All right. Well, I always like Sun Belt teams. I, I mean, Sun Belt versus MAC is really the two yeah. conferences that always seem to get matched up. Like it's like. It's almost like the Big Ten versus the SEC when you think about it. But I just, I just love Sun Belt programs. I just really don't like the way that Georgia Southern ended the season. Um, they just really finished the season on sour. Now, they got off to a good start. And I've just never been a Clay Helton guy. Like, a lot of people like him. I just don't know why. I've never been a big fan of him. You know, Ohio, they won their last three games of the year. Um, you know, I think they're going to be a little more excited to be in this game. Um, going you know, to the beach. That's right, going to the beach. So, I got to go cold with, beach, with but that. it's better than Ohio. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I I don't want to say anything bad, but I I'm not a big fan of the state of Ohio. Um, all right, unless Jackson we go to Cincinnati, get some skyline chili. <laughs> <laughs> <That> sounds <laughs> terrible. 
All right, 1.15 p.m., the R&L Carriers-New Orleans Bowl. This is always one of my favorite bowl games every year. Uh, but we got Jacksonville State and Louisiana. Yeah, um, so Jacksonville State is a three-point favorite in this one. Yeah, I'm taking Jacksonville State to cover this one. I'm going with my boy Rich Rod. Um, they've had a great season this year. Um, didn't get uh, the Conference USA Championship. Had a tough loss to New Mexico State at the end of the year. But, you know, they give South Carolina a run. Um, you know, they're really in every game they played this year, aside from the uh, Liberty game, but Liberty's kind of beaten everyone this year. So, um, you know, ULL or Louisiana, whatever they go by now, um, not, not as good as they were when they had their boy, uh, Sunbell Billy over there. Um, didn't really have a too great of a season, um, honestly. So I, I'm, I'm just going to go with Jacksonville State to cover that. Yeah, I'm going with Jacksonville State to cover as well. 2.30, Miami of Ohio. App State and the avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. Can you do the avocados from Mexico jingle, JB? No, I cannot. Avocados from Mexico. Mm. You never heard that commercial? No. Oh, I mean, you, maybe, maybe I have. You I haven't just... seen the one where the quarterback, the coach benches the quarterback, but he says it and uh, he's like, You're not going to start today. No, I don't. I and then don't the quarterback's that. like, Did you just bench <laughs> me with the avocados from Mexico jingle? <laughs> you haven't seen I, need that? To, I need to see that commercial. Oh, man. Once this podcast is over, I'm going to have to watch that. But. Um, this one, um, the folks from Boone, North Carolina, are a five and a half point favorite in this one. No, we got to go with Miami of Ohio, the MAC champs. We're not gonna we're not gonna shoot down the MAC champs in this one. They had a big win over Toledo, twenty three to fourteen. Their defense has been rolling this year, um, and their only two losses on the season were Toledo, which they avenged, and then they got blown up by Miami week one. Aside from that, they've been uh, they've been a dominant team this year. So I'm gonna stick with the MAC. Um, RIP to, to Maction Tuesdays until next season. Um, that's one of my favorite traditions. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that. But uh, yeah, I'm going with Miami over App State. That's fair. Um, I'm sticking. I'm sticking my guns with the Sun Belt. Riding on the Sun Belt. I'm got, got App State covering here. All right. I don't know how to say this one, so I'm just going to say the New Mexico Bowl. We got New Mexico State and Fresno State. Um, tough loss for uh, New Mexico State in the Conference Championship game. They did get the win over Auburn though. Um, now they're taking on uh, Fresno State, who lost their last three games of the season, and uh, their coach has stepped away due to health concerns. Sadly, no, yeah. So uh, Jeff Tedford, unfortunately, stepping away. You know, Jerry Kill, like two former Power Five coaches that were moderately successful at both of their schools, too. Tedford and Jerry Kill. This is an interesting matchup here. Um, but yeah, New Mexico State is a three-point favorite. Holt. Yeah, I'm taking New Mexico State in this one. Jerry Kill is my guy. Um, I got to roll with them. Kill for him. That's right. That's right. And, um, you know, just like I said, with Fresno, they just ended the season kind of on a disappointing note. Obviously, Tedford's had some problems with his health, which you just really hate to see. I mean, he's been in college football for so long. You know, um, you just really hate to see it. I think New Mexico State's just going to be a little bit more ready to play in this one. Yeah, and it's almost kind of like a home game. I mean, it's in Albuquerque. So, I mean, I'm going I'm going to go with New Mexico State, too. They ended the season on a high note. That includes a uh, big-time victory at Auburn. They beat Jacksonville State to finish the season. Played very competitive at Liberty. Was even leading you know, by double digits in that game at one point, too. So, yeah, I like New Mexico State to win this game. And on a high note. 6.30 p.m., UCLA takes on Boise State in the Starco Brands L.A. Bowl. That is good. And then um, so UCLA is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I got to go with Boise in this one. UCLA, I feel like they kind of just blew their load against USC. Um, the whole rest of the season was awful. They lose to both the Arizona schools, and then they got killed by Cal to end the season. Like, that just made no sense to me at all. 
Um, I'm just not really sure where this program is right now. Um, it looks like they're going to keep, um, you know, coach Kelly. So that's good for them. Um, but I just, uh, I think Boise state's going to be the more excited team to play. Um, you know, they just won their conference. Um, so I got to go with the, the Broncos in this one. The question in this game is, is there going to be more UCLA or Boise state fans here? I'm going to say there's going to be more Boise state fans there. I do too. I agree. And Boise state, they finished their season winning the last four in a row. And a lot of them are in dominant fashion too. That one of their big wins that a lot of people weren't picking is the game against the air force. So they, Ended up winning that, and then of course they win their conference championship and blowout fashion yeah, against was, UNLV. That was dominant. So I like uh, Boise State to uh, not just um, cover. I like Boise State to all out win too. Yeah, that was a great win over UNLV that they had. Um, all right, and then we got the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, California, and Texas Tech. So this is going to be, um, I'm going to say a very lightly attended game with those two fan bases. Neither one of them are very close to uh, Shreveport. <laughs> no, and I mean, I mean, if you're if you're someone that lives in Berkeley, you're like, why the hell would I go to the Boonies in Shreveport, Louisiana? And then if you're in Lubbock, Texas, I mean, that's you got to go all the way across the state, down I-30 to Dallas, and then over to Shreveport. No, I don't think they're really going to be that interested in that one either. But I will say for California, they and they were three and six at one point. They were I'm very impressed at how they were able to rally to get to a bowl. I mean, they had to win a gritty game against Washington State, but after that, they blew out two of the rivals, two in-state rivals, Stanford, their biggest win, and then UCLA just blew them out 33-7 to get to that six and six, get to a bowl, knocked out a five and seven school, probably Mississippi State. Sorry, Holt. Um, so yeah, California. I like California to uh, get this one here. So I'm going California plus three. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, Texas Tech, it, I do really like their team, but it's just been a disappointing season for them this year. I mean, I think we came into the season thinking they could maybe surprise some people, maybe be a, a dark horse in the Big 12, and, you know, just got off to a bad start first week against Wyoming. You know, they lose to Oregon in a close game, and they just really never got it going. I mean, they had a couple – they had a really good win against Kansas late in the season. Um, but aside from that, it was just a really disappointing season uh, for them. And uh, I think Cal, you know, the way they ended the season, getting to the bowl game, um, you know, I just think they're in a better spot right now. And, um, yeah, I'm also going to have to take Cal. All right. And then on Monday, December 18th, Monday Night Football, we got um, the famous Toastery Bowl, Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. <laughs> this is... This is, this is in Charlotte, too, at Jerry Richardson Stadium. So, basically, the Charlotte, Charlotte 49ers Stadium, which what is basically is, like a high school stadium. What do we got for the line in this one, JB? So, the line here is Old Dominion is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Hmm. Yeah, I got, I got to go with the favorite in this one. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a ton of uh, fun facts about Old Dominion, but they are going to be the closer team to the stadium, so I think they'll have a few more fans there. And um, I picked them one time this season, and it was to pull the upset. It was one of my upset picks that they were going to beat App State, and they came through for me. Um, so just just because of my personal tie with Old Dominion for them coming through for me. And honestly, Western Kentucky, you know, they were really good offensively last year. They were really disappointing this season. I think a lot of people expected them to have a better season than they did. So, uh, you know, a little, little disappointed, but uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, – I'm going to have to go with the Old Dominion to, to beat and cover. And I think you and I are going to agree, too. Old Dominion was a team that had to really 
grit and grind their way to a bowl. They had they won a tough one at Georgia Southern by three. Then they played Georgia State, beat them by one point to get to that bowl bid. They were four and six, won the last two. I like Old Dominion to win and also cover that spread. And then on Tuesday, December 19th, and this is the last game we'll pick, um, we got UTSA and Marshall. Um, I don't know what the line is. You don't even have to tell me. I'm taking UTSA. Um, they got to hold on to Jeff Trailer. They survived another uh, coaching carousel, which, I mean, hey, it's technically not over yet. It's it not could, over yet. It could still happen, but I think where we sit right now, Dave Aranda kept his job at Baylor. You know, Houston hired Willie Fritz. So you get another so, year of Jeff Trailer. So Jeff Trailer's looking, uh, you know, we're not completely in the clear yet, but it's looking like he's going to be back at UTSA again next year. And um, I think they're the much better team in this one. Marshall, you know, they had a the big win over Virginia Tech early in the season, but aside from that, it's been uh, it's been kind of downhill since then. Yeah, so uh, UTSA is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. You want to stick with it? Oh, yeah, I'm still taking them. Okay, I'm taking UTSA to cover as well. So we both love the UTSA. All right, well, I guess it's going to wrap it up for our picks. Um, thank everybody for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SEC Slow Smoked. You can send us uh, emails. Our email address is secslowsmoked at gmail.com. If you have any questions, feel free to email us, DM us, whatever. Um, you know, JB is a man of, uh, of great knowledge. He can answer pretty much any of your questions. And, um, with that said, JB, do you have any life advice you'd like to give to our listeners? My life advice is eat up, like enjoy your life, eat some good food. Like, um, last night, um, had a really awesome dinner, um, had a uh, prime New York strip and, you know, it was a work dinner, work function, but you know, I say like just during this holiday season, just go out and have a nice dinner, have at least one nice dinner. Even if it's not in your budget, life's too short. Go out and have a nice dinner this holiday season. You That's and your right. spouse. That's right. And we did have a, uh, we did have a, a nice, uh, brunch on Sunday at Owen Brennan's. We did. What was your, what was your favorite thing from, from Owen Brennan's? Besides the acid reflux afterwards, um, the, uh, I, I think I counted, I probably had about a dozen strips of bacon and like maybe <laughs> a half a dozen sausage links. So I got plenty of pork and that's probably what contributed to it. But I mean, I'd probably have to say that God, I mean, everything was so good. I mean, the cheese grits were awesome too, but the biscuit and gravy was good. Um, God, I don't know. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I might have to go with the cheese grits, man. The, um, the crawfish etouffee was really good. The fried chicken was outstanding. Their, man, their French toast was good. Like I was. Oh yeah. That reminds me. It was the, uh, it was the homemade pancakes from the uh, omelet bar. Mm. You didn't get that, but those pancakes, I don't know what it was that batter, but it was like so perfect fluffy in the center, but crispy on the edges. It was unbelievable yeah i'm a big fan of the brunch at owen brennan's it's one of the best breakfasts you'll ever it's, eat it's a little pricey but i think it's, it's worth, worth it. it if you go there hungry it's gonna be worth it i got plenty to eat i mean it's it's honestly one of the best breakfasts you'll ever have and especially i mean if you like lunch food you'll like that too but you know it just it doesn't matter if you're going in there in the mood for breakfast in the mood for lunch you're gonna have plenty of either option yeah and you gotta love a buffet too because you can just stack up your plate and if you don't like something, you just stop eating it. And if you like something, you just go back and get more. Exactly. So that's always like my buffet strategy is like, all right, I'm going to get a little bit of everything the first time through. And then whatever I don't get and whatever I do like, I'll get the second time around. That's kind of what I did. But this time around, I didn't really hardly get any lunch food. I was mainly just sticking with breakfast. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's, that's all we have to say about that. But, uh, 
until next time we appreciate everybody for listening um just to let y'all know we will not record a podcast next week because i'm going to be in st thomas but uh two weeks from now we will be back to pick the next round of bowl games um and update any any portal madness that happens between now and then so um until next time um enjoy your football